0: It was a tale of two starlets. One, a Norwegian superstar who loves to talk about two, although he has his hands the wrong way to get the, the desired effect, and another, a poor, sad, little, punk-ass bitch. Kind of like our panel today on the Pod. Once upon a time, way back when there were only 9,000 Arsenal podcasts, six young men from various backgrounds. A young basketball prodigy with more trophies in the last 20 years than Tottenham Hotspur. An Irish kid with a horrible haircut. A young Jewish nerd who hadn't discovered food yet. A child from Hemel Hempstead who didn't want to be English no more. A handsome young man who learned to play football on the hard streets of Disney World. And a young Mexican AC Milan fan hatched a plan to take over the world of Arsenal podcasts but then these boys became men Jared Ewan Magic Aston Andy and Miguel and the rest my friends is history and now all these years later, you tune in every so often to hear their incredible takes, their football knowledge, and their sensual advice. But now, it's gone too far. You, our fans, are at long last witness to season. Seven, 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 seven. Welcome to the Gooner's Pod. Hello and welcome to a actual episode, a live episode of the Gooners podcast. I'm here with my running buddy, my my ride or die as I've called him before because he gave me a ride once and I nearly died.
1: <laughs> uh, it's Aston. How you been, man? I am doing very, very well, especially on this, what we shall now call Neville's Day, the day that United can mathematically no longer finish above us. Enjoy it, Gooners. Enjoy.
0: Yes, I think, uh, frankly, if they win all of their games in the rest of the season 3-0 and we lose all of them 3-0, they might have a chance of nipping us on goal difference, but I'm not even sure that that's the case. Um, So, yeah, yeah, let's let's all, you know. I I, I saw Facebook's post as recently as, like, yesterday talking about how if we keep playing the way that we've been playing, we're going to – you know, third and fourth are
1: in the mix. Well, they're not in the mix, okay? Um, yeah, we definitely needed that. And and I'm right there with you. My Twitter, I already know who I'm about to clap back at, like already prepared on Twitter because they, our own fans have been coming out um, being incredibly negative. And I just want to, you know, I get the need and the feeling, especially in the moment, like to want to spray your emotions out onto everywhere, to, to show everyone but there's a reason why sometimes sometimes you might just want to save that tweet. You know what a great thing is? Schedule it for an hour later. Because just, just so that you know how checking check in with yourself in an hour, make sure you still fucking mean it. Because uh, there's some people with some egg on their face. I really need... I yeah. did really need this this week, though, because it has been a shit week for me. I, I don't know if I told you, but um, I might have to put the family dog down. I was in a car accident. It's been been rough
0: yeah that's true and and obviously uh you know we the the car accident could not have come at a i mean car accidents never come at a good time but uh but this one uh when exactly did it happen was it the car crash before the car crash
1: yeah yeah it was it was a bad omen so to speak i was literally on my way after doing all of my you know spartan like trying to g up all of the fans to get ready for this Day of hell that we were about to experience, and on the way to the spot, for those of you that don't know, um, the Orlando Gooners, we meet at XL Indoor Soccer World. Um, on the way, on the way to XL, I get, I, I'm at a, a, I think we stopped because of traffic, and some lady just comes careening into the back of me, absolutely demolishing the back of my car, smashing me into a car full of teenagers in front of me. The chaos from that accident was, honestly, it honestly was pretty mild, but. I should have taken the omen and just taken my ass home. I did after the accident because my car was still drivable. Drive it to XL to watch the, uh, well, the shit show is the only way to describe it. So it was a bad day all around. Yeah. Well, you thought you had a bad day that day. I
0: I just live on camera spilled red wine all over myself. Uh, now, because, isn't that an average day? It's it, it's a typical day. Um, yeah. So yeah. I, so so this is this is how much I, I love my life and then and then how much my life is just kind of fucked up in in, in weird ways. And I woke up from a killer nap this afternoon because I am over 50 and a nap is is you know is a regularly prescribed portion of my day now um, and said, you know what I feel like having a you know having a drink and and you know no better time to have a drink than when I'm when I'm with you and uh, and doing a pot but there's no wine in the house. So my incredible, lovely betrothed uh walks down the street to see if our neighbor has some wine and then walks back down to bring it to me unexpectedly and uh she says this is a ten dollar or ten year old bottle of wine she says i don't know if it's like super super good but it's 10 years old and and uh and so i start to open it and the I think the bottle is 10 years old, but the cork is 150 years old (laughs) because it just it completely, completely crumbles all over the place. And I'm trying to dig it out. And finally, I was just I was trying to push it through so that it just goes into the bottle, which was my last resort. And while you're telling this story of, whoa, I'm just
1: I'm I'm just saying like Mike Feinberg, professional drinker. Everybody, I've got a bottle of malort. If you need a replacement, by
0: the way, no, I um, I, I will not. I, I successfully got through Chicago without being forced to take any malort. My doctor's note that I pinned, I got t shirts made saying I've had stomach surgery, I can't have malort,
1: and uh, and they worked so um. Speaking, yeah. of, speaking of Chicago, before we get into all of this. That brings up a, a a good thing because we haven't actually physically talked about this on air yet. We we we've talked about it being hinted at that it might happen, but you know, the games have been announced. We haven't announced the LA one yet. But my question for you is are you going? Hell's to the yeah. You know, look,
0: I I, I tweeted something this morning because there's there's always and and the ticketing and the pricing for this specific U.S. trip is 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 just getting out of control. It's it's absurd between the the primary market tickets and the secondary market tickets and all that. It's 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 a shit show, but a predictable one. But the yeah. uh, but the debate, of course, that always happens is, you know, if I'm going to spend that kind of money going from let's just call it Texas to New York or D.C. or L.A. or all three for you know and then have two or $300 tickets to the game, in some cases more, you know, I might as well just go to London for the same price. And I, and and I would never argue against that, but if, but what I do argue against is minimizing these U S trips to just being about seeing the arsenal or some form of the arsenal team playing a football match, you know, somewhat closer to you than London is Uh, because if that's the reason you're going, you know it, it you're missing out on a lot of stuff because the 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 fun is the is the surrounding times the game the the the, the arsenal america parties the the team sponsored stuff the just the general revelry at the local pub i mean it's just it's a time like no other so you know i have yeah. not missed i have not missed a game i i said since 1990 which was a bit of a, a way of encapsulating all of their visits where they didn't do a visit from 1990 to 2014. (laughs) They were were in Miami in 1989, uh, 90 uh, season. And then they didn't come back to the States until their New York, New Jersey trip in 2014. But I haven't missed a single one. In fact, I've been to one, Aston, where they didn't even come. Yeah, Uh, yeah. we we had a whole
1: whole fucking parade and party for for a non-existent arsenal of course it was, that was the it was COVID a great year. time
0: we, we partied with uh you know there were still more arsenal fans there than everton fans there and everton did come because yeah, that really was the best part was not afraid of covid and they came uh I, but yeah these are these are some amazing times i would hate to miss out on them uh because it's just it, it's just there's so much energy and more and more people are actually coming over from England for them, and every time they do, they're just like they're struck by, uh, you know, by the fact that the game is is the game. But it's you know, and we learned a lot about our our team and what kind of season it was going to be from the games this summer. But by no means was it the 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 only reason to go on the trip. So if you're if you're hedging on it, I would. I mean, it seems crazy, but if your problem is with the price of the ticket, and I get that skip the game and just be there for the party Uh, don't do that in new york because there's not going to be as much events going on in new york because the team's just basically flying in the day of and flying out and i'm not sure how much other than maybe the night before there's going to be going on. but dc is going to be a bunch of stuff la is going to be a bunch of stuff when they finally announce it against Barcelona um on the
1: 26th of july but it's uh I was going to say, you can't tell people to skip on on America's best city. New York is where it's at, whether or not we and this is actually something that I'm thinking of, too. So just for you, those of you at home that uh, that are worried or or thinking maybe I'll miss out, maybe there's, you know, if I don't have the money to go to the game, there's nothing to do. I echo what Mike's saying. I may not even go to all of the games, but I will probably be in each of the cities. Uh, matter of fact, I know for sure I'm not going to all three games. I mean, we're talking, uh, it's $400 minimum for me to get a game ticket to D.C. Uh, 400, I think it's another 400 already at the uh, United game. I imagine that the Barcelona game is probably going to be even more because unlike United, even though United has a good following in America, um, Barcelona has a huge American following. Like a, a massive American following, so getting tickets for that game is going to be—I
0: don't know. Well, here's here's my suggestion, mm-hmm. and then we'll, and then we'll move on to Arsenal-related topics mm-hmm. that interest the entire world, and that is um, uh, join Arsenal America. Uh, absolutely, uh, you know, join Arsenal America because you will get made aware of opportunities. I mean, there there were ways of getting tickets for New York for Arsenal America members that were not. Hundreds of dollars, uh, very limited ways, but uh, but yeah, join join the supporters club, and uh, and you won't be just reliant on on the Ticketmaster ridiculousnesses, uh, but uh, but yeah, that's that's my tip. Yeah, and,
1: and uh, just come uh, on and, and, for and, the party.
0: Uh, yeah, come for the party. Uh, I can't even I can't even drink this. Look, I'm going to try to
1: look at how much cork there is in there.
0: Yeah, they're, they're, it's full of cork. It doesn't look wine and, like like this you have is a sister this is not the type of wine that 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 and, and it was certainly not kept in the way where you know it being 10 years old is 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 a good thing i think this is going to be one sip and i might have to throw up so let's do this before we get into it. all right you get you got to start on arsenal and then everyone else and watch me dry heave
1: yeah yeah it'll try and and i want to and i want to bring out he keeps trying to bring out that this that this bottle's 10 years old as if that has anything to do with his inability to open the thing but speaking of an inability to do anything let's talk about Chelsea (laughs) what they are and and we're gonna get into the game but they are a fucking mess and and when I say a mess it's interesting because we've been in spots where I've been very hopeless I've been very distraught but I will say, and we're going to talk about this a little later, I've actually quietly always seen where the project is going. Whether it succeeded in X or Y is debatable, but I've always seen, even back in the Emory days, what they were trying to do. I don't know what the hell they're doing over at Chelsea. Like, this is this is a madness. And and it showed up on the pitch. You know what I mean? Like, they, they did not come to play football. Matter of fact, a lot of them didn't even look to be bothered. I think... Aubameyang got a total of nine touches, four of those touches being from the kickoff.
0: Yeah. That that is hilarious. I, I, I was, I was very worried about this game only because if you can't beat Chelsea right now, you're pretty bad. And, and it's just, it's, it just, it it, it just completely defies logic because, you know, everyone has said, Hey, Trev, um, Everyone has said that, you know, there is a correlation. And I think it's been proven true that spending money in the Premier League usually results in in quality. But winning and getting, like, the big rewards and the big prizes requires more than that. That's why, you know, Manchester City, with the money they spent over the last 15 years has also had some very very good coaches specifically the one they have right now to keep it all together. You need a Phil Jackson to to help the Bulls to win just because they have great quality. Um and 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 the Lakers just you know you don't just I couldn't coach the Lakers to a victory with you know with with Shaq and Kobe but you know you also you don't you don't need like the best coach in the world, you need the right coach. What Chelsea's doing right now was I mean I it, I was worried when, when, when Todd Bowley came in because I knew he would want to spend money. What I didn't account for is how reckless and stupid he would be and, and not putting good people in underneath him. Say what you want about Roman Abramovich, but he spent money supporting the football people that he put in place, smartly, to do good recruitment. Um, Manchester City, cheaters as they are and always have been, since they bought the team, have an incredibly efficient and good infrastructure in place to identify the right talent to not overpay just for the sake of overpaying. That's not to say they haven't done that in cases like Grealish, who's finally coming good and otherwise. But but they've done it smartly. This Chelsea team is in so much trouble because of what they've done since the moment this guy bought the team, and they are as bad as they have ever, ever been in the last twenty five years and and it's 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 just it is not something that they can I mean, we thought that we had a problem five years ago when this process began and and three years ago when the process reset again after the emery and 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 uh, and roll situation, they are in so much trouble because the difference between them, and Manchester United, who's just keeps reloading and reloading and, car- and trying again and trying again, is that they don't got the they don't got the, re- the revenues to support this. They are going to lose a ton of money next year, uh, and this year, and they have to sell at a profit, they have to sell a number of different players, which means almost every single one of their sellable players that they that that either are on their second contracts. Or are on, or or were from their, you know, from their, uh, you know, Mason Mount and and um, and uh, and all those folks, Hudson Adoy, all the people that came through their academy, are going to have to be sold, and right. it's just, it, just going to be amazing.
1: And I think yeah. what's what's hilarious about the Chelsea situation, as you say, they have to they like we had a squad, a starting eleven that needed to be sold. Straight up. That's why we had to terminate so many players' contracts. We needed to ship out, um, gut the rot. Um, I, and again, I, I want to get into this a little later when we talk about the Arsenal project, but we had abandoned project repair and started project restart. And and it was clear, and this is before the squad got too bloated. Now, Chelsea, Chelsea have like three starting 11s that they need to get rid of. And that's where their problem or, lies. Or two starting 16s, depending on how you look at it. Yeah, you know, you know, you know, they may bend the rules every, every now and then to allow 16 players on the pitch. Might as well when you have so many. But the thing, the thing with Chelsea is it's so funny because they have in each of these three teams that they have, they have good players, but none of those players can play with each other. They're not built for the same team. And I think that's what showed up. And that's where we've been incredibly lucky. You know, as far as say what you want about Mikel Arteta and Edu, you can see from the very beginning, they had a very clear vision for what type of player they've wanted. And they've gone out and got them, you know, even with the fans on their back, even with the amount of moaning and groaning, even from recommendations from inside of the club, They've ignored and said, we will stick to these principles. And because of that, he, you know, all of our players, albeit they may not be to the level I'm looking at you, Rob Holding, at the very least, Rob Holding fits personality wise. And that's why he's still there. Yeah. Don't, they, they, like, they, what are you doing at Chelsea? You have a young, you have a Sterling who's trying to revitalize his England career. You have an Obama Yang who's basically checked out, a young star in Enzo Fernandez. Like all these players and all these different have all these different um, songs that they're trying to play and they're trying to work together to put together some huge composition. And it's coming out just a gobbledygook of mess. Let let,
0: let me put it to you this way. I don't think that their dressing room Mm. when they're all in there and, and, and I'm not sure they all fit in there, but when, (laughs) when, when they're all in the dressing room talking about at halftime or about again, I mean, I, I don't think it resembles the Ted Lasso uh, hmm. Richmond team that much as far as uh, how they all kind of look to each other for support and I'm not saying that most Premier League teams are like that but I could not imagine I mean I, I envision literally people looking past each other like they don't even recognize who they are and yet they're both highly paid highly transfer feed uh, footballers from I mean like Enzo Fernandez knows all of his teammates like it's impossible and and there's no way that they're singing off the same hymn sheet or they're that was what I was looking for. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there's just you've got guys that are probably can't wait to leave. Some of whom recently got there. You've got people who just don't care because they're getting a nice paycheck, and they knew that Chelsea were suckers and getting, you know and giving them paychecks. I mean, you just don't know. But you've got you've got maybe seven or eight different types of people playing on that team right now, and you cannot win with that, no matter how good the players are. And, yeah. um, and 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 I don't know how they extricate themselves. The one thing that they ought to do, and and frankly, if the, if Todd Bowley wants to spend money, he should do it in, in ingesting losses. And th- they need to basically yes, they 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 need to do what what Arsenal have done. But it's gonna it, it isn't going to take three years. It's going to take eight. They're going to have to cycle these people through three or four at the t- at a time. Be very, very careful about who they bring in and what their vision is. Because if their vision is that they're going to be in the Champions League next year, and you know, and get paid, and be a harmonious football team, those those folks who are in the you know twenty four to twenty six years old, and this is the prime of their career, and they want to win and they want to play in Europe. Remember how we couldn't get players because we couldn't offer them Champions League football. It's going to be years before Chelsea can offer anybody Champions League football unless they just absolutely get some sort of cosmic uh, correction on on winning games together and they, pick, and they sell the exact right players and somehow they're going to be left with mercenaries because they're going to have to sell anyone who is profitable. And if you're profitable, it's either because you're very good or because you came through the academy.
1: And they're going to be stuck with literally a bunch of journeymen. Yeah, Todd Bowley really uh, doing it the American style. All you can eat, I would say, is his uh, style of ownership. If, if so to speak, he, it's not Except the you best. You can't blow for- it up every year and start with the draft again. You, you yeah. just can't. Yeah, he he sits down and he thinks that he can. You know, just because it's all you can eat and you have all these different dishes, it's going to be delicious. But if you know anything about all you can eat places, unless you're in Las Vegas, which shout out to Vegas, all you can eat suck. The food quality is absolutely terrible, and they're meant to be just a way of processing money—like
0: eating don't your be, money. Don't be getting on Golden Corral for my because back before my <laughs> back before my surgery, I nearly put Golden Corral out of business. Listen, uh, I took my I I would take my kids there, and they couldn't—they were devastated to be seen with me because I because I, t- I take all you can eat. It. I I took again the old me before I I mean I can't eat more than six ounces of food right now at one time
1: but it's okay. Before, I got all the, all you can eat in me for you before Man.
0: the surgery steak before the surgery. Um, I saw all you can eat as a fucking challenge. I, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, bro, as is the American way. This. You should not have done this for the price that you did this. I start calculating like, well, what would this have cost if I went, you know, like, like I'm, I'm having as much shrimp as I would have had on like a, on like a $17 entree. And then I'm also having a steak, the size of what I would have normally paid $20 for. So I just made some money off you bitch. I almost became a millionaire from just eating there and, and, and saving, you know, millions of dollars on food and paying like $15.99 each. So, so uh, don't come at me about,
1: about no golden corral, but um, we'll talk about some. Is this, true? Is, is, is this we'll talk- true? No, no I, I don't actually, I don't actually know that, but it, it could, I, if I were him, I would think about it and then I would buy him. And in fact, when we get into Chelsea players that are that could be up for grabs, you know, you know, one player that's not a Chelsea player, but they did a great job of lowering his value is Jao Felix. If if Jao Felix goes back to Atleti and they just realize they're not going to get anything for him and end up selling him for thirty five to forty mil, honestly.
0: What I saw from him was was that he's a good player. Now, was he he was on the bench against us and I don't think ever he didn't get get on.
1: But then again, Uh, but then again, that's
0: like, like, why would you, I mean, you have a loan player, like literally, and it's not even you break him, you buy it. Like, like,
1: why would you not run loan players like that into the ground? Well, what what you, what you're doing is thinking like how a football manager or coach would, Remember, they have Frank Lampard. And Frank Lampard, basically, before every game, I think he puts he all the
0: players. Frank Lampard.
1: Yeah, yeah. He 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 go. He puts them in into one of those little ball blower things that you get for the lottery and just kind of picks names out of the hat. Because why in God's name, do you know the last time Yang started was against us the last time he, uh, they played? And he looked shit in that stop, game and got hooked trying. at halftime in that game. People need to start understanding that when something's broke, it's
0: broke. You can't just fix it by saying by by dangling, oh, it's Arsenal. You're gonna wanna try to score against them. No, he just he just doesn't he, he the spark is gone from him. Came came back a little bit at, at Barcelona, although when I watched him play at Barcelona, um when uh when Jake and I were over in Spain, he didn't look that interested. He he was just trying to poach I mean the guy jumped the shark the right after we won the FA Cup that and well he jumped the shark when he got his when yeah which coincidentally was when he got his uh his his new wage packet but uh... to be
1: fair to be fair to Abameang and I always try to be fair because Aubameyang was an Arsenal man and he did lead us to FA Cups and he was a great player even though it ended absolutely miserably with him I will say that Aubameyang has had unfortunate event after unfortunate event happen to him. The year that uh, he really lost the captain's well, where he was late, remember to the um, Tottenham game. His mother was sick. He got malaria. He got robbed. His house got robbed while he was in Barcelona. Like, so I, I I get it. That's not enough to, for me to go like, okay, this means that you're secretly a talent and I'll ever come back because it won't. I think there's a timing element to that. And I think his time has passed. I don't think there's enough there for him to recoup mentally and come back. But I will say he's had a series of unfortunate events. Now- Yeah, and, all,
0: and all those things aside, I mean, to, to be, as as you love to say, to be, and, and all journalists love to say this as well, to be fair to Aubameyang, Fuck him, yeah. And
1: <laughs> Ashy, that's as fair <laughs> that as I can is be. Ashy Larry to dice game. You ain't wrong though. Where's the lie? Um, we are focusing a lot on Chelsea, and it's hilarious, by the way. Ha! Uh, Fuck. Do we need? Hilarious. Do we need
0: to focus more on Spurs as well? Because I mean, like, like if oh they my god, played, they're so if, bad. If they just played <laughs> the first ten minutes of games this season, they would be relegated by like by by Boxing Day. I mean, it. it how does a team? give up that many goals in the first 20 minutes of game. Is it two
1: or three in a row? No, the, the United one, they came back, right? Yeah, the United, they came back. Newcastle, it was 5-0 before halftime.
0: It was 5-0 um, 19 minutes in, dude. Yeah, 19 was- minutes in. And then this one was 3-0 11 minutes in. Like, How do you start a game that
1: way? We, 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 listen, there is so much I want to get into there because there is a, this is going to be the conversation about the Arsenal project and our future, but like, let's talk about the game and let's talk about our players and let's talk about what we did because whereas they were incredibly bad, it was kind of the breather we needed. Um, Honestly, in my opinion, and I'm probably going to get a lot of hate for this. I don't think we were incredible, but I think we were back to ourselves in small spurts. There were times between like the 20th minute and like the 40th minute where it was like, okay, this is how we were in the beginning of the season, but there was it just came and went in spurts, but we needed that. We needed, and thank you, Chelsea. Thank you, Lampard, for being such an incredible coach, you know, you know, 60 chest. We needed a bunch of training dummies on the pitch so that we could practice a little and and kind of get our rhythm back. And and that's what they did for us, you know. I, I think that uh I think um, we need to give a huge, 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 huge shout out to Captain Fantastic here, uh, Martin Odegaard. Uh, I think it's 14 goals and seven assists. That makes him the highest goal contributing, um, goal scoring midfielder in the league right now with 14, um, and that's 20. That's what 21 goal contributions in a single Premier League season, which is just one off of Robert Perez in the invincibles i mean what do you have to say about this guy he
0: he was he was magisterial uh on on tuesday was it tuesday yeah tuesday um and and to to take back you know to what you were just saying you know southampton worse in the league we know what happened against them we struggled southampton was hungry they played like it we made dumb mistakes fell right into their hands um Liverpool drop points, obviously, same same thing, and and then uh, what was the other game that we that we stupidly dropped points? West Ham, again, hungry, trying to avoid re- relegation, decided to actually play their players against us, unlike they did this week. Um, but uh, you know what we really needed was a team that was on the beach already, and and yeah. and Chelsea did that. It was good for our souls. It felt much better. We saw some, yeah. You know, but I but I'll I agree with you. I, I think it was more that Chelsea were awful than that we were good. And and in the post-game interview, I remember Frank Lampard talking about how they played like a team that you would want to play. You know, they... they uh,
1: <laughs> Did the, he really say that? Some,
0: some, something to that effect. He's like, you, you know...
1: can't fucking say that, Fred. Oh, my God, he's so bad. He's yeah. like the... I mean, literally, like, like honestly, and, and I really, like, rack your brain around this. Have you ever seen a coach worse than... Than Frank Lampard at every aspect of being a coach. Um I'm
0: thinking like, yeah, I mean, I mean Ted Lasso is a pretty bad coach, but at least he but, uh
1: you who, know, who at was least, the coach of Derby he County gets,
0: he gets his team to love him together. The coach of Derby County, is that what you said? Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, of Derby when they were when they were in the league. That, uh, that's uh, the worst that he, record.
0: I, I it was probably Roy Hodgson or somebody like <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah I, I i that's a good question if someone wants rob Robbie, can you look that up uh who was coaching derby county when they got like nine or 13 points or whatever in the Premier league the worst like points all but but it, i'm sure it's somebody who still gets employed and that's you know as long as you're white that's that's how coaching works in the Premier league you you just
1: keep failing up um, Wait wait is this real is it really sam hodgson Roy Hutch, Sam Hutch. Oh, it's a combination between yeah, Sam yeah. Allardyce and Roy Hutch. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, wait a minute, that can't, that would be too hilarious, even though I say that's too hilarious to be true. But then I watched the Premier League this season and it is, I, I swear to God, if the Premier League, if you ever believed in conspiracies and thought it was scripted, this season would be the season that kind of like busted that open for you because they have been, just the writers have been on point. Yeah. Um
0: no, they've done a good job but yeah, I think uh, I mean our play against Chelsea shows that What
1: about Odegaard? We were talking about Odegaard.
0: I mean, what do you want me to say? He's he's he was he was impressive. He you know, he showed a I remember at one point early this season people were critical about him because he had some opportunities to just pull the trigger and 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 take a shot and look for the pass instead. He certainly has become a target man in addition to everything else and some of the things I mean just you know, again, watching his play, some of the touches that he has in the middle of the pitch, some of the kind of three hundred and sixty degree vision that he has, the peripheral vision, and and I mean, it's it's like positively Giroud esque. Uh, oh, <laughs> fuck <laughs> you!
1: We were having a good show. We were, I was like, we, God, still I we still have to do that show. We still have to do the We still have to do the Rambo uh, Giroud show, but we'll have um, this. We'll have this fight.
0: He was so, he was just I don't know. Whenever I see a ball come in and it gets one touch with the outside
1: of someone's foot directly into someone's path who's running full speed, I just think Olivia Giroud. But uh but you know you know, and it sucks because I hate you and I'm gonna big you up real quick and, and I hate that I'm giving this to you. But Odegaard was 35 million. Paul Jewell, by the way. Yeah, you 35 keep, million. You keep talking about how Paying these absurd amounts for players that don't necessarily work out, and then here you are sipping your Gatorade after watching us spend thirty-five million on Odegaard and then a thirty-five million on Leandro Trossard. Are are you just? Should you be the personal transfer manager? Trossard was twenty-seven. Jesus, million. Uh, You're 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 getting that confused
0: with Fabio Vieira, who was thirty-five million. Oh, is that what it is? Swing and a miss, but. but yeah, I mean, they, I've always said Arsenal—they love themselves thirty-five million. I mean, it doesn't always work out. Mustafi was thirty-five million. Um, mm. Xhaka finally uh, coming good at, at thirty-five million. I, look, I'll, thirty-five million good, seven years ago. Fine, okay. Um, but yeah, we uh, we love ourselves some thirty-five million, and we kind of love ourselves some fifty-one million because that's what I think Aubameyang cost. That's what Gabby Jesus ended up costing in that in that cost range. So. But- Forty-five to fifty. Um, I
1: thought Obama was
0: wasn't he sixty?
1: Am I crazy? I thought he was in the sixties.
0: I thought he was. I, low I don't 50s. remember. I thought he was low fifties, which is you know, it's like it's like an LA, you know, an LA seven is a Virginia ten or whatever. Like like you know, fifty one. Then it would be sixty five now. But have you been to Virginia? I, I'm fucking sitting in Virginia. Like like in uh, Virginia, a uh, Virginia. I don't mean 10 like. I don't like mean an like LA three. I don't mean like Virginia. I mean like Northern Virginia where I am right now. Virginia. He says, what have you that? been to Virginia to someone who's in, inside Virginia right now? I'm not inside Georgia right now. I'm mm-hmm. inside Virginia right now.
1: Yeah. You living in Virginia says a lot more about you than I think that, uh than I think that uh goes without you saying. But-
0: you know, the part of Virginia I live in is not actual Virginia. It's DC, Virginia. It's, That's true.
1: Uh, it's smart person, Virginia. Uh, now I'm getting myself into trouble. <laughs> yeah. yeah no, I was going to say, it's it's not the cousin fucking part. Oh. No, no. It's not, wow. even, it's not even... That a, just came a, out. It's not even the nephew fucking part. Um, uh, I'm going to no. need... I'm going to... We need to give awards out at the end of this season. And one of us is going to take the Paul Award for like the most foot in mouth moments. Paul. And... <laughs> say no more about how it became known as that. But, uh, but, but anyways... As, as I was going back, back to the game, um, Odegaard absolutely magisterial, even though I want to say to you, Chelsea, Chelsea, if Granit Xhaka is ghosting past your players and able to create the exact same goal twice, then you got bigger problems than I think anything than, than you can imagine. Because uh, Granit Xhaka isn't no, known for exactly like, you know, just bypassing the midfield like that. I think he ran through two players to get that – uh, pass and I think it was uh was it Sterling that was supposed to be marking Odegaard on the last one anyways you left Odegaard free in the middle of your box twice with four players all staring staring at him going who was supposed to pick him up I mean th- what does Lampard do what do you think he does do you think he brings like like little toys like to the to the and okay. he's just like I like to play with my fire truck and I like to play with my train." Like, is that what, is that what Lampard does in the training take, sessions? He takes the,
0: the, the job of caretaker manager very, very seriously. And just, he's taking care of like the wrong stuff though. I mean, like, I think he, he probably like brushes the, 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 the walls in the, in the dressing room and stuff. I mean, he loves this club. He know he, Hey, he knows the Premier League. He's proper he knows, Chelsea. He knows Chelsea. He's proper chav. Uh <laughs> He, but you know, and and those things matter. That's why you know he knows the Premier. League. I just remember there was some like compilation. It was like some some uh, satire of two people in the studio talking about how great of a hire it was because he knows the Premier League, and they just kept they said that like ninety seven times. Um, yeah. But but yeah, I mean he, he's he knows that his career's in the toilet. Yet he'll still get another job somewhere after this. Um, and it's, you know, this isn't, I don't think this is reflecting poorly on him. I think it just, it, it makes Bowley look even dumber, but if you're,
1: I think it looks bad for, I think it looks bad when you lose six games in a row. It, I think
0: it, that looks bad It, it with, with the most expensive team, second most expensive team, maybe in the Premier League. the, um,
1: I think it, the it person the I can't wait best.
0: to see, I, I can't wait to see the next guy comes in and it looks like by all accounts, it's going to be potch, which I think is going to be fun. Uh, because i don't think Pochettino, i mean i he's he's a bit of a he's a he's a bit of a brendan rogers on steroids and by that i mean he can take people who are average and get them raw rod up to do better than they're otherwise capable of doing but he isn't a good enough coach to turn a, a team into champions or even into you know maybe top four if they're well, not I mean- that good and 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 and, and and I don't see him somehow just coagulating whatever scraps are left from this team after the summer. And I don't mean there'll just be seven players left. There'll still be 25 players there, but they're not going to be the 25 best players. It's and true. um I don't this know how what he, I was gonna say. I think it's career suicide being the next coach. The one after that will be will probably be in the best position to 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 be the one who brought Chelsea back. But their next coach is gonna be a big name, you know it will be. And it'll be someone who probably regrets coming there very, very quickly after he gets there. Or this she. Is
1: what, this is where, and, and strangely enough, somebody, everybody, check your watch, check your wife, make sure she's okay, because Mike and I agree on something here. And what I agree with is Poch. I, you know, it's interesting. He's almost the right coach. Keep He's my wife very- name out your motherfucking mouth. <laughs> hey, only when she stops saying mine. Only when she stops. Right, up. I, I just noticed. I just noticed that when I'm talking over stream, she says hello to me and not any of the other podcasters. I don't. I don't know what that's about. But anyway, um, the thing about Poch is he's really good at at turning youth and getting creating an aura where a bunch of young players will really like him, and that's how he gets them to overachieve. That's what he did back at at Tottenham. And I think what I think it what, same thing as Southampton. Yeah, and, and I think that what gets overlooked though is how thin those squads are. You know what I mean? Yeah. When he when he's faced with having a huge squad, when we're talking about him, I mean, he's the one coach that lost, one of the coaches that lost the league at PSG. You know yeah. what I mean? It, it's, well, and, I don't... And it's
0: it's the whole Emery thing at PSG. Like like yeah. some people are made for Villarreal and Aston Villa and anything else that has the word Bill in it. Yeah. Others are made for. PSG. And, and and I'm right there to say that there's a certain type of coach that excels well at big clubs. Yeah. That's what Carlo Ancelotti is. And we saw the, the, the converse to that when he was asked to try to help Everton through a period of time. Uh, yeah. they, they, they gave him money. They spent money. But it's Everton. It was an incomplete project that needed to be nurtured. And that is not what Carlo Ancelotti is. That is not what Pep Guardiola is. That is not what... Um, yeah you know enter your other other top top names into the situation is you know the best manager in the world who can manage without a full deck probably is Jurgen Klopp at this point um, because he you know he wasn't handed a full deck at, at, at Liverpool but he sure as hell got that team so but a lot of it addition by subtraction Suarez Coutinho, you know and, and then building smartly from there I put Klopp and 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 hopefully in a few years we can say this about Arteta as well into a same category of, of people who can take a big fish in a poorly you know in a down time and get them back to the top and keep right, right. whereas whereas some coaches have to come in when you're at the top. Ancelotti's one of them, I think. You know, again, um, and and so when you have a Pochettino who's probably in. You know, he's not he's not a, a a guy who can coach top teams to championships unless they literally can't lose, which we all thought about PSG was the case, and he's not an Arteta and a Klopp where I think he has the ability to take average talent and over time morph it in you know with with additions into a you know into a, a great perfect squad or nearly perfect squad. He's that young. He's that other level. The Brendan Rodgers where he's got to take a team that's used to finishing twelfth, and he can get them into seventh. And maybe right. one year he can get him into fourth, but then he but then his act gets old and people and, and it gets tired and he can't get the team over that hump and that's what I think Pochettino always has been
1: and that's why I don't think he's the right guy for Chelsea but I'll I'll love to watch it well well and and here's the the, the final thought on that what I think is ironic about that is you kind of said it there. I don't think he's the right manager for Chelsea, but I don't think Chelsea have the ability to get the right manager for Chelsea right now. I don't know because you're already starting to see like Nagelsmann turn them down. Like they were all in for him, and I honestly that would have been a scary prospect because Nagelsmann we've seen have the acumen at Bayern, we've seen him take, we've seen him build something at Leipzig. So we that would have been a fantastic fit. He said no. I believe that um um. Who's the who's the other guy? The the ex Barcelona coach. Um, Jesus, why can't I think of his name? Uh do you know who I'm talking about?
0: I, the, I, I think so. He's a Spanish dude. Yeah. Enrique yeah, or
1: something? Or? Yeah, yeah, Louis not Luis Enrique. Is it Luis Enrique? I can't think of his name. But anyways, know. he would have been a, he would have been a great fit. Um the Danes another one, but they're not able to get these guys anymore.
0: They're, they can't take a team that needs to be blown up before it can be rebuilt. No one – I mean, why would you want that? The only right. person that seemed to want that was Mikel Arteta with Arsenal. They, it isn't that – like like Nagelsmann built – and I don't claim to know the, the entire rise of, of, uh, of Leipzig or Leipzig, um, but I do know that I don't think they had to take a giant with – Large contracts and eight-year contracts and all that, and and find a way of blowing that up and then rebuilding from nothing. I think they just rebuilt from nothing, which in many ways is a lot easier. I mean, Wrexham has a better next three years, in my opinion, than Chelsea does. Oh man, I love because they have the a, they, they have a they this have a fun. and they play each other this summer, but they uh, they have a, a blank slate essentially that you know they just have to smartly navigate them through and evolution, whereas Chelsea's got, I mean, they've got to blow some stuff up and and some of the stuff that they blow up is going to really be painful. And I don't know if they can do it. And with the, with the literal and, and physically size, you know, the size of their owner's head uh, figuratively and actually, I'm not sure that he really wants, I mean, again, in baseball, you can do a complete rebuild in a year because, you have the draft, you have trades, you have free agency. You can spend as much money as you want. And, and the players that, you know, it's more about you get five really, really good pitchers in baseball and you're going to win a lot of games. And that requires no chemistry, no anything with other than with the catcher. They just got to be good players in and of their own right. But that doesn't, you know, you bring in five incredible
1: midfielders
0: and it doesn't work the same way.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and I think that uh, I think that that's that's just that. I mean, Chelsea fans, you're no longer sucking on the teat of Abramovich. Um, enjoy. That's why you guys are whiny babies because this is the first time you've been weaned off. And it's funny because as I say, they don't finish in the top four next season. They're gone. None of their fans like they'll have like 200 fans in the stadium, which will still be about 10,000 mo- times as many as are the- at the Etihad. But it's still not enough to sustain Chelsea. And and I, it, you know, the final nail in the coffin that Jesus goal that was almost like a fuck you guys goal. That was the most like we're a class above you type, like, we're just going to make this happen kind of goal that I've ever seen us score in a very, very long time, but you've given I, up, I literally,
0: we've given up some of those pinball ridiculous, well,
1: I literally laughed, it's the first time I literally, like, my, uh my, uh my partner, girlfriend, she ran into the room thinking, like, what's going on, because I just belted at the, like, top of my lungs, because I had never seen something so hilarious happen at Chelsea, and Long may it continue. But back focusing on our players. That's where, Benny bring-
0: Hill, that's where the Benny Hill music needed to be playing during that,
1: during that game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Benny Hill. Um, he was a I, speak, I, I, I want to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But speaking of Jesus, speaking of Jesus, we do have to bring up the guy's been out for like half the season, and he's actually at 10 goals and five assists. Arsenal being the only team in the top uh, five leagues that have Four players over 10 goals this season I mean what would you expect from him now now that you've kind of seen what you're getting with Jesus given him a whole season have your expectations of his goal tally risen decreased what what do you think of him so far
0: it's funny I actually made a bet for charity uh with Dan Potts at the beginning of this season that in the Premier League alone uh, the over-under for total goals from Jesus plus Nketiah was 17 and a half. I think the number's at 13 right now. Um, these are primarily goals only. Um, and so I'm not feeling great about it, but I also didn't anticipate that, you know, I, I mean, I guess when, when at least for a while, when Jesus was hurt, Nketiah was actually scoring. That's where he got his three or four goals from. But... Um, I thought that was a shoe and I thought we'd get more than 17 and a half from them. And it's looked like it's going to go down to the very end, but, um, what he adds to the game besides the goals is, is, is what's special about him. And that's why I think he can, I think if we, if we do decide to make an upgrade at a second striker position and we do get somebody who's maybe a little versatile, we don't necessarily have to choose between Jesus at the nine and, you know, Ivan Tony at the nine or, or, you know, people talk about Oshaman. I mean, look, that would be a dream. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't think it, it doesn't always, it can be a very fluid front four or five as we've seen. I mean, between Martinelli, Saka, Trossard, Odegaard, who knows what happens with ESR, um, Jesus and and a new striker that isn't Nketiah and isn't uh isn't Balogun. I mean, we can do a lot of things in a lot of competitions. Um, so I don't know if I've answered your question, but I mean I I you know Jesus is has is produced, and I don't just mean goals and assists. I, I mean the, the goals he's produced this year just by being on the pitch relative to replacement that that you would have had for him go a lot further than 10 goals and and whatever number of assists he has. It, it's, it's changed the way that, I mean, it, it it's created opportunities we would never have had if not for his pressing and his his smart pressing and his, I mean, the guy's just made a massive difference. And, and you know, he hasn't been unplayable or anything like that since he came back, but he's definitely reminded us of his quality.
1: Well, you say he's not been unplayable, but isn't that like five goals in five games? And, and this is the thing that I want to bring up is I honestly think he thinks that he gets a little disrespected. The reason I say that is he's only played 22 matches in the league and he's got 10 goals and five assists. That's 15 goal contributions in 22 matches. I don't think that there are very many players. Matter of fact, I, I think the only other players play for City or us that have a higher goal, contribu- uh, goal contribution per 90 stat right now. And those I, are, I,
0: Yeah, I, those are like starting to creep into Giroud
1: numbers. <laughs> I don't think Giroud was anywhere near that. To be, to be I, I don't either. I just want to, to be say fair. That. I think his first season, he played just about every match and managed 18 goals. I I believe. Am, am I wrong there? Giroud, but the, but they were Giroud' historians. Please let us know.
0: They were 18th of the hottest, most beautiful goals you've ever seen, though. Not the
1: first season. But that was like the by by like the fifth season or something. First, like first, the first season, season.
0: They, the first season, he was giving he was giving away to Podolski a lot. It wasn't until the second season that they realized what they actually had. Oh, the, Lucas
1: Podolski! Yeah. Remember, remember when they used to be able to do that thing together? That thing where you'd pass the ball into Giroud and he'd flick it over, and Podolski's left foot would just be there.
0: See, those I are the flips him. that I'm talking about. I mean, you know, yeah. could, could
1: Ramsey do that? Yes, he did <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Like, like, literally all the time. I think he showed Giroux if how to do it. If
0: you don't know, by the way, Asin and I have a long, like, we're <laughs> the Hatfield and the McCoys of this debate With where where he, he's a, a an Aaron Ramsey stan and I'm an Olivier Giroud stan. And um, we, we can't just admit that both of them were good in their own ways. It
1: has to be a competition where one of them sucked and the other one was good. <laughs> so, no, no, I won't admit Giroux was good because he wasn't. You, you won't admit Ramsey's good out of spite.
0: I no, I admit that Ramsey was good, uh, and that's why I'm the more mature person of, of the two of us. Is because I can admit that he was good. He's just no. He, I mean, he was. You know, look. I, Thank I, you. I, I, debate I, over our fans. I knew, knew Olivia Giroud. You, as him were no
1: Olivia Giroud. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm. That's because I'm not nearly as sexy. I don't have that. I don't have the uh, jeunesse je quoi, as, as they is true. say. That's um, true we we've we've done this enough all right we we we've killed the chelsea game nobody cares about the chelsea game because they're so insignificant and long may that dynamic sunday. i am very
0: worried about sunday
1: but yeah long may that dynamic continue by the way uh arsenal 12 games in london this season zero defeats 10 wins two draws absolute kings of london we have returned But can we maintain our crown? Is this something that we can keep up? Is this something that is the arsenal of the future just a flash in the pan or here to stay? One of the things that's going to determine this is going to be what we do with our current squad. I know everybody gets excited about the additions that we might make. But we're going to try something new here. Something I've never done before on this show. And I don't think you've ever done it either. We're going to do a buy, keep, sell. With the tear maker, as you can see, if, if you guys, <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thanks, Mikey. Thanks. I, I'm sorry. I'm trying to keep our, our marriage fresh. Okay.
0: Aston, Aston is, is single handedly carrying this podcast these days um, while I'm off losing my job and, 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 and not able problems, to or-
1: um, open wine bottles
0: apparently and, 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 and unsuccessfully opening wine bottles and, and, uh, and, and all, and, and having kids graduate from college um, he's, you know, he's out here keeping keeping the entertainment alive.
1: Yeah, well, I think this could be fun and easy and banterful. So for those of you that are listening online, um, listening to this, you can go ahead and put like a break because it's been like an hour into this and we're about to probably take another little bit to do this. But yeah. for those of you that are in this the audience... Is, this
0: This is, everyone, the end of an incredible part one. On part two, stay tuned as Aston and Mike... Divvy up the Arsenal fans, or sorry, divvy, we could do that. We could do it. That would be a good show. We divvy up our, like like the well known Arsenal fans and decide who we want to keep and get rid of. Uh, well, that's but, yeah, we will be divvying up the Arsenal playing staff and deciding their futures in a oh, bind okay. in a binding arrangement that Arsenal have already agreed to follow.
1: Oh and it's funny because if you if you actually like this bit there is some this bit does have legs. We're doing something a little more traditional now, but I would love to do some fun ones in the future when we talk about maybe ranking Emirates level players, maybe ranking other podcasters in the future is something that we'll do. So just let us know and if you're in the audience and you, you like this bit, go ahead and drop us a like, but also play along because we we this is going to be fun. You are going to hear a little bit of banter and Mike, you missed your shot. When you said Aston and Mike, you should have said Do Arsenal, and that would have been it. That oh, would have well. been the end. But that's why I'm the host today, and, 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 and
0: this, this is and this is the end of part one. <laughs>